Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Rosehead, the definitive soccer podcast. Me, Joe Forrester, Hannah East and producer Mike with us, of course. And what a week at the Euros it was. Ronaldo breaks records while Germany break Hungarian hearts. Sweden leave Poland bleeding while Spain rained down the pain and oh, England are through. Hannah, good morning, yeah, how are you? Good morning, I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It was it was ever so exciting last night, wasn't it? I mean, we, our WhatsApp group was on fire last oh. night with, uh, with messages predicting and kind of shooting ourselves in the foot a few times um, when we we're talking about uh, Hungary and, and goals and saying, oh, what's going to happen here? It was very, very exciting. And again, I said it in the last podcast, this is what the Euros is all about, that unpredictability of what is going to happen. Who knew? It's, it's, do you know what? It was crazy. I confidently said that Group E is the worst group, really boring, Spain and Poland and Slovakia and Sweden, and it was 10 goals in total in those two games. Um, Mike, it was a pretty incredible evening of football, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I'm glad that there was actually like permutations because, you know, for England-wise as well, we're always going to take an England angle, guys. Sorry, that's just that's just who we are. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but it was, it was exciting because we were finding out who we were going to play and beat in the next round. So um, we were sort of hoping it was going to be um, either Germany or... And at one point, it genuinely looked like we could play Hungary in the round of 16 um, at Euro <laughs> 2020. It was just madness, but very, very exciting. Well, my mate messaged me because I'm in a group with, with all my mates that has been renamed It's Coming Home. <laughs> That's your mum and your dad and your gran. <laughs> yeah. All your mates. Yeah. All the mates. Yeah. My mates. It's me, my mum, and my auntie. <laughs> it's all my, all my stuffed toys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mate messaged and said, I'll take the Germans. We'll do them. Don't fancy the Hungarians. They look tasty. And you just, you know, when it's just everybody is just fully 
through the looking glass and they've just lost it. They've completely lost it. Yeah, yeah. I was doing it as well. I was doing it as well, just like, oh, the French look average. All you got to do, yeah, just put an elbow in Pogba's face <laughs> in the first minute. It's like, what are you talking about? You've lost your mind. But, so let's just talk about what actually happened last night. So Sweden beat Poland 3-2. Robert Lewandowski got two goals, but it wasn't enough for Poland. He also hit the bar twice in one chance, which is pretty unlucky. <laughs> Spain, after we labelled them the most boring team in the tournament, put five past Slovakia, who looked, I mean, pretty abject after uh, during the second half. In Group F, which has been the most fun group so far, Germany drew two with Hungary, having twice been behind in the game, meaning they were going to finish bottom and be out of the tournament. Portugal and France also drew two all in a game that was packed with penalties and controversy. It means Portugal just go through in third place, France finished top and Germany a second in that group. What that means for us is Germany play England next Tuesday. Hannah, England-Germany is the most terrifying fixture for any England fan, isn't it? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go and in, in, get involved with the history there, Joe. I, no, I mean, I'm leaving that. From, from watching Germany in this <laughs> in this tournament, I mean, I was I thought, oh no, we're going to face Germany. I mean, everyone's got a different opinion about um, who we were going to play um, last night and who who we think we should play, who would be a good team to play. I really didn't actually want us to play. Uh, I don't want us to play Germany because mm. throughout this tournament, they it seems like they've had a different approach to each match that they've played in, and we don't know um, who's going to turn up. Um, what German team are going to turn up against us, and that that to me is terrifying, mm. um, in my opinion. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, I I I don't know if it's the Germany that beat Portugal. I think we'll lose. If it's the Germany that drew with Hungary, I think we'll beat them comfortably. I've got absolutely no idea what to expect here. I do think, I don't know what you think, Mike, I think it's a better draw than France, to be honest, because actually France yesterday were really cruising in second gear. Didn't feel like they were trying. There's moments with Pogba on the ball where he was just looking so good. The moment where he forced a big save out of Rui Patricio when he tipped it onto the post, where he kind of did a little, not even, didn't even roll his foot over it, kind of moved the ball with his studs in, in just such a graceful way. And I kind of think... When France kick it up a gear, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. Yeah. Whereas Germany look very, very fallible. And actually, Mike, I don't think it's a bad draw for us. No, I mean, it was just so chaotic from Germany yesterday. It's like they knew exactly what they had to do and they just didn't execute whatever game plan they had. We don't know. Um, I mean, the German media after they beat Portugal was very much like, you know, that was a flattering scoreline. Uh, 4-2 so let's not go overboard and I think that sort of showed in that in that game it just was madness and um, you know let's not discredit Hungary because you know they got a draw against the the world champions as well Um, and you know they executed their game plan very well but they're they're solid and they they create some good moments Um, but I just think as as you said Joe that the Germans can be beaten Um, it's going to be interesting to see what what Gareth does next week um, because he could choose to match them up and go go to a back three because that's what they play, or we could continue in our approach. Um, but either way, what, whatever he chooses to do, I feel like we've got a pretty good chance against them because they're not the Germany of old. 
And I think it's really important that we treat them the same as any other team and not give them loads of respect. But they don't have uh, like a stronger team as they've had in previous tournaments. No. But we can't go into that match fearing them, which I think that could be the approach from some of our players. My thoughts would definitely be that I think there's, there's going to be two main things that, that Gareth Southgate's going to look to do. And the first one is you've got to keep the guys on the on the flanks quiet. So... I think Carl Walker is probably quite a good fit to to go against Robin Goosens because he's quick and he's experienced. I think that kind of works. Luke Shaw obviously had a fantastic game, well, in parts against the Czech Republic. That being said, I kind of think maybe Ben Chilwell's a better defender, and if you're trying to keep Serge Gnabry quiet, that might be a good that might be a good option at left back. And Mike, I wonder what your thoughts are because we've talked about Joshua Kimmich before. They're going to surely look to put someone on him because he's by far the best player in that Germany team. Yeah, you need to man-mark him because he's, he's so dangerous. Like, if he's got any sort of space whatsoever, he's going to whip a fantastic ball in or he's going to, you know, come inside and drift into the midfield and create even more danger. So, yeah, it's going to be really tricky. I think he'll go back to two DMs, to be honest, because I think he's risk-averse and he's going to be worried, rightly, to be fair, he's going to be worried about getting overwhelmed by the Germans. I think it might end up being Phillips and Henderson. I know Henderson looked off it. He's still got all that experience and stuff. Like at the end of the day, Declan Rice hasn't played against world-class players before. So, well, he has in the Premier League, obviously, but he hasn't played Champions League. Like John Henderson's won Premier Leagues, won Champions Leagues as the captain. I think it might be him and Phillips. I've got a sneaking suspicion that he might put Mason Mount back in just because he loves him and he's very hardworking. And let's face it, Jack Grealish isn't going to do the dirty work. He's just going to drift around and do the beautiful stuff. I think there's space for that on a football pitch, but I don't think he'll use him. I think it'll still be Kane and Sterling up front, probably. And whether he brings Foden back in, I'm not sure, because obviously he's taken Foden off and he dropped him for the last game. I think he's been excellent. Let's talk also, Hannah, quickly about Cristiano Ronaldo. So he is now the all-time European Championship top goal scorer. And he's now equaled Ali Dyer's record of 109 goals, making him the joint all-time top goal scorer at international level. That's a- an astonishing achievement. And I think there's an argument to say he's the greatest international player of all time. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, the, the, the guy's unbelievable. He's, he's remarkable. And, and watching him last night when he goes up to take a penalty, and this is, this is a difference of... We mentioned uh, about passion before, but watching him before he started that match last night, he looked like he was about to run a 100-metre race. When you see athletes warming up, they are absolutely in a zone, psyched up. He was like that before he started the match, when they were doing the national anthems, as he always is, so professional, so focused. Um, and, and it's mentioned by the, the training team that he's worked with in recent years. People talk about how he kind of turned up as a young lad and he's like, right, I want to be the best in the world. And, and he's got that passion and drive. And when he went to take the penalty last night, the first penalty, it was, we mentioned about Harry uh, Kane, you know, when they kind of lose a bit of that composure and you get so disappointed because you can see that the tournament's taken over their head where Ronaldo just went up so composed he looks so angry and in the zone and and you just don't really see that passion from that many people and that's why he's like so remarkable and that's why he's got these ridiculous stats what I really quite like about him as well is he's just he's got that uh, having watched the last dance last year I can see the parallels between him and Michael Jordan that psychopathic laser focus to be the best and he's just also he's got such 
little self-awareness. There was a moment last night where he tried to do a step over and then played a ball. Try, try, I think he tried to play it through to Diego Jota. Terrible pass, misplaced pass that was intercepted. He turned around to Diego Jota and shouted at him for not getting to the ball. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, you've completely, like, you're, you've lost your mind. But what I think is good as well is that Portugal team, there was times when they were flapping and maybe losing the ball a little bit. And he's talking to everybody the whole time. Yeah. And going like, no, calm down, right? No, chill out, right? Do this, do that. And before the game, he was kind of like screaming in their faces. And he's he's the heartbeat of that team, I think, yeah. emotionally, as well as, I suppose, technically and talent-wise. Um, and I just think, yeah, absolutely extraordinary. The only other person, obviously, I could think of, Pele won three World Cups. So, Mike, looking at the draw now, okay, so England have got Germany. On the other side of that draw, Sweden taking on Ukraine, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales taking on Denmark, right? That's one side of the draw. The other side of the draw, Italy, Austria, Belgium, Portugal, France, Switzerland, and Croatia, Spain. It's coming home, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I looked at that side of the draw and I just instantly got very excited um, in, in many ways, Joe, because <laughs> it's just unbelievable when, when you think how different it could have been. Um, had we finished first or finished third, like I think we would have got a really difficult draw. So yeah, just just looking at that very quickly, you know, we're, we're obviously we're going to discuss it. Don't want to look too far ahead, but it looks like out of the other side of the draw, it will probably be France. You know, I, I know you like Italy um, to go to the, to go to the semis, but mm. I'm I'm probably looking at France. And then fr from our side, I mean, the toughest test we're going to get is probably Netherlands, and then not great anyway. So. Essentially, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is it is coming home, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We've got to beat Germany first. I, looking at that side of the draw, I would go, okay, the toughest team in that side of the draw is Germany. We've yeah. got them first. I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know about England. I know we keep going back to England, but we're in England and we're all England fans. So that's pretty much what we're going to do. I just wonder whether England have got that other gear to go to. And I suppose Joachim Lowe, while he's obviously got his flaws I think tactically he's very experienced he has won a world cup with this Germany team and I just worry slightly about whether he might be able to outthink Southgate I mean Hannah how are your confidence levels at the moment well I'm, I'm pretty different to you two I, I'm oh. really con I'm really concerned about uh, facing Germany I think you know as I said we can't underestimate them but we like we're facing like a nation that I'd say they're probably not completely sure of themselves at the moment um, but I, uh, I'm very concerned about facing them because we don't know who's going to turn up. We don't know, you know, they attacked Portugal differently to how they attacked France. We don't know exactly what team is going to be there uh, in Wembley. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not as optimistic, I don't think, as you two about us beating Germany. See now, neither am I. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm really, really Debbie Downer over here. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. We're out. It's not coming home. Obviously, I want, I want it to come home, but um, I, I think it's going to be a tough test against Germany for us. Well, I actually messaged some of my friends last night and said, "Book Monday." Stop pretending you've got loads of friends. Who did you message? <laughs> so, Who did you? Hi, you mum. Know, you Hi. know, Colin, <laughs> Gavin. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, what, if you come around my flat it's just a load of balloons with faces drawn on <laughs> in your mirrored wall Hi, Joel. <laughs> have a good day at work shut up gavin <laughs> alex is your best mate well you know yeah i've told you about my relationship with alexa haven't i i've been speaking to you whilst you've been having a conversation with alexa <laughs> it's happened three times 
Yeah, yeah we have. So we have sort of domestics, Alexa and I, because I try and be polite all the time. But then sometimes she just she just carries on, doesn't she? She's like, I'm reminding it. So like, thank you for the reminder. She's like, I'm just reminding you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you've just reminded me. Just a reminder. And it's like, Alexa, shut up. And then afterwards, like five minutes later, it'd be a bit awkward. I'd be like, Alexa, I'm sorry. <laughs> But you, you have t- switched Alexa off right now, oh, haven't you? <laughs> she did it then. <laughs> God, it's getting light out of me. Did you hear what she said? No, I didn't. No. She asked me if Germany is going to beat England. No, I, I just said Alexa, I'm sorry, and she, and she said, don't worry about it. <laughs> is she that? Is she that robotic? No, she's not really. I can't. Yeah. Her voice is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. Don't be so, don't be so rude, you silly boy. Come on now, bedtime. I'm just back on the bottom. <laughs> this is a genuine relationship by the way if anyone's listening yeah i know that's that's what i mean if only she had a bigger plug port um anyway (laughs) (laughs) get an electric shock right stop it everybody just just stop it and calm down right (laughs) looking at (laughs) looking at the other side of the drawer uh i'm really excited about belgium portugal i don't really know how to call it portugal are a bit weird you look at them they've got like good players. Bruno Fernandes has had a terrible tournament, I think, so far. Though I thought Renato yeah. Sanchez was quality last night. And I just, football's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, I was like, yes, yes, Joe, it is. Yeah. That's why we do a podcast about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I looked at it and I kind of thought, Renato Sanchez, I watched him play for Swansea and I thought, this bloke's rubbish. But then I was watching him play for Portugal and he looks fantastic. You can't get him off the ball. Mike, obviously, Bayern Munich bought him, didn't they? And he didn't really do it in Munich, but he's just won the league at Lille. Do you think he'll move on this summer and we'll see him in a big European league? Sorry, France. <laughs> no offence, France. I'm really not sure. I, I, I'm, I'm really not sure. It's, it's been a really odd career for him, hasn't it? Because I think when you're sort of branded a, a wonder kid and, um, yeah, the World Cup, that's that that's that's when he sort of turned up, didn't he, as well? Um, and people were like, well, this guy is, is a good, good player. And then, the hype that follows you, um, you can never really live down. Like it sort of happened a, a little bit with um, with James Rodriguez in in, uh, in 2014, didn't it? Um, he you know shocked the world and won the Golden Boot, got his move to to Real Madrid, and now he's you know failed at at Everton. Um, just that it's, it's it's just a weird sort of scenario where you you do like incredible and really well at a tournament, and it's like whoa, like now I have to do this over 38 games, so. It'll be interesting to see what what happens. I think he'll be he'll be good at he's good at the French level again. But whether he could step up, I'm I'm really not sure. But I think for for, for Portugal, he's really important because in previous games they were playing um, a double pivot of William Carvalho and Daniel Pereira, and uh. it was just wasn't working. Um, so they they switched it up and they played the three with Jamatinho. Uh, um, as well was in there this time. So it just had a bit more balance. And I think that's that's what they need to do moving forward. Should we quickly talk about, speaking of De Neo, should we quickly talk about Hugo Lloris trying to decapitate him? <laughs> because, I mean, it got given as a penalty. I thought it was a penalty. And I really, it's, it's opened up quite an interesting debate. Obviously, one of the things I will say is in the BBC studio last night, there were no goalkeepers. And... Mike and I have worked very closely with former Watford Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee, who's a big advocate for the goalkeepers union, the goalkeepers mafia, whatever you want to call it. They really stick up for each other, goalkeepers. But I thought Larice came out, Danilo got to the ball first, and Larice essentially 
smashed his elbow into his face and yeah. De Neo looked in unbelievable pain as you would be when a fully grown professional athlete smashes you in the face at full speed yeah um I thought it was incredibly reckless and definitely a foul and I can't believe that there was any debate from the French players that it wasn't Hannah yeah and and even watching it with uh friends and family everyone kind of did that <gasps> Yeah. Surely that needed to be reviewed, and that that was absolutely savage. And even when you watch the replays, I, fa- I felt like even some of the pundits were kind of saying, "Oh, I mean, you know, he's kind of going, he is going for the ball, and he's trying, you know, punching the ball away." It was the punch, then the elbow action that, for me, was absolutely savage. I, I it, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Surely, because he got taken off at half time, Danilo. I, I do think this thing with head injuries. I actually think I know that they test them on the field and all that kind of thing. I actually think you should be taken off. I think if you get any sort of head injury, you should be taken off and like get a free substitution, whatever. I don't think there's, what's the point in taking that risk? Yeah. And he presumably, I'm imagining this morning, I haven't checked, but he's going to have a fractured jaw or something. So I'm not really sure why he stayed on the pitch and tried to play the rest of the football match after that. Yeah. Because he got subbed at half time. So something must have been up. Um, Mike, what did you think? I thought, I mean, I thought it was a blatant penalty. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just Lloris all over, Joe. You know, as, as a Spurs fan, he just has that rush of blood to the head and he just does mad stuff. He's meant, The thing about goalkeepers is they are all mental to different degrees and he is just quite a mental one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, if I was a Spurs fan, um, which I'm glad I'm not, I would just be constantly worried about, about you, Lloris, being your keeper because you always know... Something crazy is going to happen a bit like when we had Jens Lehmann. Yeah, like he was a great shot stopper, but you just knew something crazy was going to happen and you just couldn't rely on him. So I think, yeah, even even though he's been such a big player for France, I think if, if you're looking at it in the latter stages, he's the one that you'd be like, oh, I don't know. And when you have, when, when defenders don't really sort of trust it, the keepers come out and claim stuff like that and, and, and when they end up punching an opposition player in the head, you do worry. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm desperately trying to cling on to some sort of weak point from France because the way the, the, the way I look at it, is as you very much alluded to, they are literally in, you know, bottom gear right now, cruising along, got through the group of death, you know, with, with relative ease, even even though they drew against Hungary. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for them to just kick it up a few notches and just blow teams away. It's gonna happen eventually. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Lloris probably is the weak point and something to worry about. I suppose it's a bit like having David Luiz as your centre back. It's a similar sort of uh, yeah. it's a similar sort of vibe. <laughs> Let's li- look. We're going to have this for a whole season. Let's just <laughs> just bury the hatchet okay. for Sorry. now, Mike. Okay. okay. <laughs> one thing. One thing I really wanted us to mention here is because we haven't mentioned Scotland, and oh, I really feel no. like we should give credit where credit's due. Because I, I genuinely thought they did. And then I don't want to sound patronising here, but I thought they did really well. I enjoyed watching them play. Uh, and I, I actually felt a bit disappointed for them. Yeah, You two totally don't care about this point. You don't even want to talk about it. You're just looking at me and shaking your head. Like, no. we are not interested in talking about the Tartan Army. No, do you know what? Look, guys, thanks for coming. That's all I'll say. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and it's been nice to have you. And it was funny when that guy got naked and jumped in the fountain and stuff at Trafalgar Square. Loved all of that stuff. But it is time for you to go home, isn't it? Because it's proper football now. So it's and I, I tell you what, I will I will miss the opportunity to talk about Papa. Every oh day. Papa Duncan, you'll be so sad. Hey. He's still crying at home, I think, to be honest. Hey. 
He can. Do you know what, Papa? If he wants, and if he knows how, because obviously he's your granddad. Eighty-four. He, he's eighty-four. Is yeah. he capable of leaving a voice note? Uh, I mean, we won't understand it at all, um, but I, I could certainly try. Let's get um, him on. Should, do you want me to... I, my parents are going to see him this weekend. We can get some sort of audio recording. I mean, he'll send you an invoice for his time, uh, but we could, we, could, we could arrange it and then you can listen to how passionate he is about Scotland. Hopefully he wouldn't be putting uh, a kilt on and doing the worm up and down the tube without any pants on because that would be really concerning for me. I would just like to, yeah, I'd just like to hear his thoughts on the tournament so far, who he thinks is going to win it. I just kind of want to hear a bit of Papa's punditry. Okay, Papa's punditry. <laughs> a lo- lovely bit of alliteration there, Joe. Papa's punditry. I'll, I'll make it happen. Can I just say also for our listeners in the US, strap yourselves in because we're not going to understand it. So you guys yeah. can't. <laughs> <know each other. laughs> but today's or yesterday's games, I should say, at Euro 2020, saw a total of 18 goals scored, which is the most on a single day in the history of of the competition. Hannah, I think it's been such a good tournament. Apart from maybe one or two games, it's been a cracking tournament so far. Yeah, and you can gauge that by um, the goals that we've seen. There's been highs, there's been lows, um, but every single match I've watched, um, and I've probably watched 95% of the matches, every every match I've thought, I can't get up to get a drink yet. I need to just wait five more minutes, five more minutes. And last night I was kind of sat there thinking, right, I need to, I'm going to go and get something to eat. And I just waited till the end of the uh, both matches because you just couldn't call it last night. And um, I, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it so far. I just feel like there's things happening all the time. The teams are really hungry. Not using any uh, puns there because I wanted hungry to do well. Um, but all, all the teams are very hungry and striving uh, to get through to the the, to the final 16. So I've, I've loved it so far. You're so right, actually, because the Denmark-Russia game, that goal mouth scramble with the double save from the Russian keeper and where it ended in a goal eventually, I was out of the room and came running back in. <laughs> And that's like that's when you know you're into a tournament, when you're just sort of in your pyjamas, running through the flat. It's like, I'm an adult, man. I should have other things to care about. You've been with Alexa in your bedroom and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? What's happening? Alexa, stop it. Tangled up in the wires. <laughs> but Mike, it's been a pretty brilliant tournament so far, isn't it? Yeah, and do you know what it is about the, uh, the, the final days of the groups is that there's matches happening at once and we were deprived of this like during, during the COVID Premier League season because all the mm. matches were, were staggered. And it wasn't until literally the final day of the season where we had 10 games at once and it was absolute carnage. Even though there weren't many permutations, it was it was just a race for the top four. It was like matches going on at once. There's something to behold there from a, from a football fan's point of view because it's like, what's going to happen? Who's going to score? I need to watch two games. I need 10 screens. You know, so that's where the excitement comes from. And then now, you know, the group stage are over. Um, you know they're pretty irrelevant in, in in terms of form and you know how teams have played. You can't really judge it too much on that. Like as I said, France have been at a canter, Germany have been a bit chaotic, but now is when it really steps up a gear, and now is when we need to see the the real can the real England please stand up because we need to fix up. As then as Hannah says, you know we can't underestimate the Germans. What? Why is it all gone all hip hop all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And I still stand by what I said in the last podcast about Harry Kane. Like, it really irritated me again. Um, I just want to see him playing in and around the six-yard box. I don't want to see him moving away from there. Um, And equally, it's frustrating to hear when people are saying he looks tired. We've said presumably he's going to start against Germany, but I just don't want him to be 
aiming for assists all the time. He just needs to be in the box to score goals. The ball needs to be fed to him. Um, and I just it was just really frustrated me watching um, Harry Kane the other night because he's such an unbelievable player. Uh, that that's my one of my concerns against Germany. I know we've gone back again to that. See, that's interesting though, isn't it? Because I, as a Tottenham fan, feel the opposite way. I, right. Because I watched him this season, playing admittedly surrounded by very limited players. He was doing so. Him coming deep fills me with a sense of release, relief. Sorry, what? release. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're learning oh. a lot about you today, Joe. Oh, yeah, but that's playing. That's playing for Spurs, though. This is different. We've got a different setup in an England team. Yeah. So in Spurs, that's great. He's got Son. He can feed, you know, they can pass the ball to each other. Son can feed it to Harry Kane. They've got a system. But it's different when it comes to stop putting a pretend spoon up against your mouth, Joe, while we're talking. <laughs> he can feed him. He can feed him his breakfast. Harry, no, but I. Harry, he can eat Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> but it really stresses me out that Harry Kane is going so far. He needs to just be in that six-yard box for me. When he's playing for England, we're not talking about him playing against Spurs, but playing for Spurs. It's um, this is a different this is a different league altogether. One thing we don't know who's going to win the tournament yet, but we do know who's won one competition already because Mike brought to our attention a vote that's happened this week, Hannah. Yeah. About the sexiest managers. Right. Mm. I'm going to stick a bit of sexy music under this, actually. Okay. It's time for sexy managers. Oh. Jackie Moon, Love Me Sexy, that song. Oh, what's Jackie Moon? It's just a song from the 50s. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song that I, I sent it to you both the other day. That's a Jackie song we should Moon. play. Ever. Yeah. Have you heard that Jackie Moon? I've got it's not the sexiest name. <laughs> On that yeah. v, VD player. Alexa, play Jackie Moon, love me sex. She sounds like she works behind the bar at the social club. <laughs> <laughs> and she has no teeth. <laughs> Jackie Moon. So, Mike, you, you brought this to our attention, the sexiest managers, Roberto Mancini, Came out on top. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. The guy looks like a D&G model on the touchline. Yeah. Absolutely bossing it. Luis Enrique second. Mike also sent us, it's quite weird actually what's going on in our WhatsApp group, sent us a photo of Luis Enrique with his top off the other day. Yeah. I thought he looked great. Yeah. Ripped. Then who for you after that, Hannah, would you go for? Would it be Gareth Southgate? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, listen. No, it wouldn't be for me. No, um, I don't really know to be honest. Um, I'd take Mancini first. Um, it's got to be, isn't it? it's Martinez, got to be. yeah. I mean, Martinez is a, is, a, is a nice looking man. He is, and he's got nice skin. And I really like his eyebrows. If that's the thing to point out on a podcast about football, um, you know the it's the only hair he's got on his head. I think. Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> He's got eyebrows a bit like, you know, in Sesame Street, you know the big blue bird that's a teacher <laughs> and wears like the, the mortarboard. He's got eyebrows like that. <laughs> if that's a reference that everyone's got, Google it. Uh, but Mike, Gareth Southgate third is, I, I would say, I would say that's a controversial pick. Because this is official, yeah, isn't extremely. it, Joe? What you're reading out here, this is actually official because you told me to maybe say Gareth Southgate, but this is genuine. He came up third on this poll. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. this is the official 
UEFA list. No, it's not the UEFA list of sexiest <laughs> managers. The official list of sexiest managers. Also, Didier Deschamps, right? Came 11th. I think Didier Deschamps is struggling. He looks a bit like a go-go. Do you remember go-go's, Hannah? Do <laughs> remember go-go? Oh, this, is, this, is, this is a podcast for people <laughs> born in the late 80s now. God, they want to talk- hear nothing about football. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about pogs? Let's talk about pogs, kids. <laughs> but Steve Clark came bottom. I think that's unfair. I mean, yes, he looks Steve. like he's had a tough life. But yeah. I don't think he's a bad look. He was probably quite a good looking man 30 years ago. But he yeah. just looks like life's got him down a bit. Yeah, post-puberty, it's just not really happened hey. for him. <laughs> hey, post-puberty. He had to go and work at the docks when he was 14. He's like, all right, that's not good, is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was terrible. But there you go. If you've got any thoughts on the sexiest manager, it's at RoseEdPod on Twitter or at RoseEdSoccer. No, it's at RoseEdSoccer on Twitter. Or it's at RoseEdPod on Instagram. But speaking of sexy managers... Mm-hmm. It's now time for Sean Dyche's Poetry Corner. Gareth Southgate has a nose the size of a boat. When is he going to whip out his amazing waistcoat? Roberto Mancini with his soft, smooth skin. With his beautiful flowing locks, I mean, where do I begin? Luis Enrique looks rather dishy. But I've heard on the grapevine, his breath is quite fishy. (laughs) (laughs) I am sexier than that German manager who does a scratch and sniff, if you've seen it. I bet when he sniffs his fingers, he gets a really, really bad whiff. (laughs) <laughs> thank you sean <laughs> cheers sean did, did the <laughs> sorry even rhyme that sean gave us there? that's yeah i am sexier than the german manager who does a scratch and sniff i bet when he sniffs his fingers he gets a really bad whiff sorry forgive me because i'm i'm not educated when it comes to poetry and sean yeah. is a poet so. sean does classes for this joe <laughs> he, le- he learns poetry yes so I, I really, really appreciate Sean's input for our podcast. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Sean. And it's nice because <laughs> he's got a bit of downtime before pre-season starts. And it's yeah, really yeah. nice that he would have the time and the inclination to do it. We don't pay him to do it. No, no. no he, he just sends in these amazing audio clips. Yeah, um, extraordinary. extraordinary. Sorry for my stuff. laughing halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't laugh at Sean because he's trying. So he's trying really hard. So give I mean, that's probably the worst, worst poem I've ever heard in my life. But, you know, he's done well. I like it. I think, right, at some point as a competition prize, we can give away a framed copy of one of Sean's poems. Yeah. I think that would, I would I would want that on the wall in my flat with the mirrors and the leather chairs and all that stuff. <laughs> i tell you what I want is uh, Sean Dyche to come on uh, our podcast. That yeah. would make my day. Let's get him in the studio. Yeah. Absolutely. We can sit him in your bedroom next to you. <laughs> 100%. I mean, it would be it would be amazing. I love him. When the Premier League season starts, let's make it happen. Definitely. That's the goal. That's the goal. Right. Speaking of competitions as well, if you want to get a word into Sean Dyche's Poetry Corner, all you need to do is send us a photograph of yourself. Keep it clean. Keep it clean in your football attire for the Rosehead fans calendar. It's Rosehead Pod on Instagram or it's at Rosehead Soccer 
on Twitter. Right, that's it from us. We will be back on Monday. We'll be catching up on the first two, first four last 16 games, I should say. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you. And thank you very much, Mike. Cheers. We will see you next time. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.